0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better
1: with CrashPlan. I uh poured a special beverage for this episode. Yeah, you did. And I'm like getting cozy. I should have moved to my podcasting chair so we could have this chat. Yeah. Can you believe
0: 2021?
1: No. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so welcome to 2021 recap. That's what's happening here. We are basically just taking a look down memory lane of 2021 and we got some notes ready. We went through our calendar before hitting record so we could, you know, make sure we got everything because turns out a year is a long time. And you forget some things that happened throughout the year. And there were multiple things that were popped up on my calendar. I was like, oh, remember we did this? Remember we chatted with this person? Remember this happened? And so we're going to talk about all of that today.
0: Yeah. This just to me goes to show just to glancing at what we're about to dive into that we consistently, and this isn't just us, this is everyone, this is you included, you listening. We consistently overestimate what we can accomplish in a short period of time and dramatically underestimate what we can accomplish in a long period of time. Yeah. And while a year is not that long, it's a lot longer than we give it credit for. A lot (laughs) can happen. (laughs) A lot can happen. A lot can transpire. And while I still feel mostly like the same person.
1: I feel like a lot of growth. I feel like happened. a brand new woman. Truly. Yeah. It's just different. It's a different vibe. Yeah. Okay. We starting at the top. So we're let's we're, do we're starting at this top with this, with this big revelation right here. I mean, we can save that if you want. It's okay. We can kick it off.
0: <laughs> All right. So the reason I wanted to start here is because there's some irony because we chose to for over a year we chose to not grow yeah like intentionally yeah like we very intentionally chose to maintain the business we had so that we could work less so that we could just focus on life which we need to figure out what like made us happy yeah like figure out how we could get creative recharge like yeah. figure out what we wanted figure out what the next phase looked like. And so going into the first part, like literally for the first 6 months of 2021, 2021, we had no plans to grow the business. And so despite that being true, for more than 6 months of the year, we grew top line revenue by over 18%. And that's not a quantum leap by any means, but like when you plan to not grow and then you still grow like Mm. almost 20%, I think that's pretty significant. And so, and that's just over last year. And so if Emily knew the dollar amount, she would probably be like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's a lot more significant than we give ourselves credit for. But that season of rest prepared us for easily the craziest year we've had to date
1: in our Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you sometimes, depending on your personality, you won't see the value of rest until you take the rest and then you see the results from it. And I was kind of one of those people. I wish that I wasn't like, I, I feel like I am starting to change a little bit as I get older, where I'm like, oh, I'm taking the rest regardless. And what happens happens. Mm-hmm. But I think I was convinced like taking the rest is going to slide us back. And I was still okay with it. But I was expecting that as a result. And I think I I was very, I would have been even pleasantly surprised to realize that we maintained. And then on top of that, we grew. And so that's what I think it's like. We don't give truly rest the credit it deserves, like all of us, because I think we, I mean, at least I, like I kind of idealize rest and like, it's this weird, like you're supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to make space for it. I don't really enjoy it that much. It doesn't make me feel great. And I'm trying to unpack that too. But it also like coming from years and not just being in business, but years of being humans as both of us being high achievers, mm-hmm. teachers, pets, wanting mm-hmm. to be the best in class, the best in the group, the first like you to do know it. Me or
0: something. by the way,
1: what it's like, you know, me or something. I, it's like, that's where we are very similar in each <laughs> other. We show up in different ways in that regard, but it stems from a very, like, I will come early to school and I will be your TA and I will do everything and not for extra. I just want to do it and like be helpful and like go above <laughs> and beyond and like, how many sashes can I get on my robe at graduation? For what? I don't care. It just looks really cool. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've been that person my whole life. And so I think like some oh, this part, hard to like, hold it's very back. hard. And I think some part of it is, is unlearning like what of this do I actually want to hold on to? What Mm -hmm. of this do I actually like? What of this is actually about my personality? And what of it is trauma? (laughs) And what of it is from a toxic, unhealthy space? And so I think the season of rest kind of taught me the differences of those feelings, at least.
0: Yeah, I feel like I did a lot of unlearning in this process, which was really important. I did unlearning about what was actually required to sustain the business we did have. I learned what I wanted, I learned what my priorities were, I got really clear on how I wanted to show up. And while some of it is still like in flux and in motion, it's evolving. And Mm -hmm. so to start our year, though, we began in a really interesting spot. (laughs) We Um, began by almost selling part of our business. (laughs) Yeah, guys, like, I'm not sure we ever told and we didn't, publicly, but we were in very serious talks about not selling the whole business. We're not going anywhere. No. But we talked about bringing on a third partner and to even look at what that would look like. We got our business formally evaluated mm-hmm. and that was it's
1: an interesting experience.
0: Enlightening. Mm-hmm. It was worth more than I anticipated only because for months leading up to this, because this was not a long, this was not a short discussion. This was a long discussion. For months leading up to this, everyone was like, it's going to be worth half or a third of what you think it's going to be worth. It's going to be worth blah, 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 blah. So I'd been prepared for this. Also, all my years of Shark Tank would definitely mm-hmm. coming in handy during this time period. Yeah. Like just it could be this times revenue. It could be this based on projections. It could be this based on history. Blah blah blah. I had all these like preconceived notions about how it would work, how it could work. And at the end of the day, like it's it's pretty formulaic. It's a lot more formulaic than I expected. Yeah. You know? A lot of it comes down to cash and assets and but there's so much about the way online businesses run today that is not understood by business gurus and evaluators that like, they're just, they're so used to looking at a brick and mortar or tech or whatever that like our business just doesn't fit any typical mold and trying to fill out a tax form, God forbid, and figure out what, you know, category we fall into is consistently one of the most hard things we do, but we got it evaluated and we presented what that could look like. Mm -hmm. And ultimately all parties agreed Mm
1: -hmm. to not move forward. Mm -hmm. And truly looking back on it now, I'm, I'm glad we didn't not, not because of the partnership, not because of what it could have done. I don't think we were actually ready.
0: No, no. I feel like if we were having this conversation now, I would have like totally different things to say or different ideas yeah. or different...
1: Yeah. All the things. Our business and, would be evaluated for like 10X what it was then. Oh. So, Should have got in while it was hot, baby. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you'd want to pay us what a third of our businesses <laughs> worth. But I think... It came back to that. Would be a massive discussion if it if it ever were to come up again. I will. I'm not going to say it's never going to happen because I I doubt that's true. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm I'm not naive enough to think that there wouldn't be a time or a place that I would reconsider that. But at least in this season, Emily and I have been proven. Time and time again, there is just something that cannot be recreated by our relationship outside of this little weird <laughs> thing that happened.
1: It's, I mean, truly like business soulmates, where it's indescribable Of the, and we've talked about this before, especially in our episode where it's like, should you get a business partner or not? Spoiler alert: No. But it wasn't because we don't like having a partnership. It, it's been crucial to my mm-hmm. mental health, to my growth, to our business's growth, et cetera, to have each other. But I think the the weird situation about us is that we are both unicorns coming together. And sometimes it's like you find one unicorn where like both of us, it's like, oh no, it this works because we're both like unicorn. Like, what if what is the song from the office is horn? Piercing the sky <laughs> <laughs> not anything, what talking yeah. about? <laughs> my office fans will will know it when when it's the unicorn doll toy that was a big hit at Christmas time, and they had a theme song, and it was like, "My horn pierces the sky, <laughs> okay,
0: but for real though, it it's just it was it's not something that could be recreated in it it's just that feels like an eternity to go to me. Yeah. It's
1: hard to believe that was only a that year. That was this ago. year. That was like February too. It was like it was wild. Okay, so the the I feel like the next biggest decision that we made in springish time, we decided to bring our marketing team back in-house. So as a lot of you, we have gone through our ebbs and flows of blogging more and blogging less and posting on Instagram and then ignoring Instagram and then threatening to delete Instagram and then all of a sudden our engagement is high again maybe we should do that again going threatening to delete it yeah. or just delete it just delete it <laughs> <laughs> going going live you know doing all those things like your marketing tactics change based on truly what you like to do, what you have the space to do and what's working. And and that's how we've kind of treated it for forever. But we, in our season of maintenance and deliberate non-growth, we like just were not posting and we didn't really want to, we didn't really have the energy to. And and for us, you know, again, this is kind of coming back to the unique conversation of what makes our business unique. I don't want you to hear this and be like, Oh, I need all of these things too. Mm-hmm. A, a unique aspect about our business is that we you know we we are, we both have art degrees so we're both visual people and we mm-hmm. both like things that look pretty and look a certain way and so therefore from literally day 1 we have had a look and vibe about our brand that has been super professional super like modern and trendy and up to date and all of our channels have mimicked that our blog our website our instagram facebook everything and so for us if we're going to do something visual, like be on a visual platform like Instagram, it's going to take time and work on our part because we care about what it looks like. We care about how everything fits together. We care about how it functions. Not that you don't, if you're just like putting something together on your end. But for us, it's a true like, there's a graphics department team. There's a copy department team. Like there's so many channels that that touch the pieces that you guys see ultimately. And there are truly a lot of decisions that go on behind the scenes about the pieces of content you do eventually see. And so we were just kind of lazy about it for a while because like I was tired. Abby was tired. We all had a bunch of other things on our plate. And so we ignored it. So then we wanted to outsource it because we care about it still. And we wanted to see what growth and being intentional about it could do for us. And so we decided to outsource it. And just very similarly to how you can't kind of copy what we've got going on, Abby and I also have found that we have a very unique way that we show up and end up Mm, I almost want to combine the word engagement with convert. <laughs> like, can we make one word that does the same thing? Because I do think we do it in a very unique way that isn't replicatable. And so, is that the word? Replicable? Replicatable? replicatable? Okay. So anyways, the long and short of that is we wanted to bring it back in house. And I said, LOL, we need some help then. So I know we're going out of order a little bit. but yeah, no, fine. So we ultimately begged abby's partner to come work for us and be our like basically be my marketing assistant and then his his role has since evolved but that was dreaming
0: that was hurried what i so we made the decision to outsource it but that didn't last very long like it was only out of house for like four to six months maybe and then it was just not working for everyone involved. And, and I mean, nothing there's, I don't really have anything bad to say about who we outsourced it to. Like the design, do, but that's okay. <laughs> design was, was nice, but I, there was definitely some like disconnection. And what we struggled with feeling like we would talk about all the things that are going on behind the scenes, but the, like things were not like the dots were not connecting. And so mm-hmm. What I like about having it completely in-house again, first of all, this is just a sign that you don't outsource your zone
1: of genius <laughs> and, and we're, we're really good at it. I, I, yeah. And I think that on, that's actually what it comes down to is you might accidentally outsource your zone of genius, but if it's not working because you're really good at it, it's okay to take it. So so here's what was actually happening. I'm. It's like coming back to me now we not only were kind of lazy about it and like didn't want to do it, but a big part of it was, well, everyone else says they outsource their Instagram. Everyone else says, why are you still posting on that? Everyone else says, blah, blah, blah. And we have been like slowly but surely trying to like not listen to like what everyone says you should do and really like filter based on like what we're actually good at and what we like to do. And that was kind of like one of the... I don't want to say last lesson. It's not like we're gonna be stopped having to learn that lesson, but it was it was one of the bigger ones where it was like, oh wait, like when we actually do it, it works. So let's create a process around it. Let's find support to help us do pieces of it. We don't have to take it all off and send it off to a different yeah,
0: business. Right. No, for sure. And I support we're in control of versus outsourcing. It's just different. It's just yeah. totally different. So do you remember a conversation? I I am going out of order again. It's fine. Do you remember a conversation we had June, May? When did we have a conversation? There was sometime late spring before summer got here, where we were like, "Hmm, something about going into a season of growth like is starting to feel attractive to me." Yeah, and
1: it was May. You,
0: you literally called me and you said are we up for that <laughs>
1: like i remember and I deliver, like and i've mentioned it here but i like gut check yourself gut check your team are we ready for that because what I've learned in the last six years of doing business is that once we decide to do something, I mean, we go all in. There's no stopping us. It's going to be done right. Not that it's perfect, but it's like we work on it and it's good and it's out there. It's it's Even our version of half-assed is like someone's like very perfect version. <laughs> and so I knew what it meant to say yes to growth. And so we needed to really have a conversation about like, do you want another year of just like chilling or how are you feeling?
0: Hmm. I don't know. You might've heard me like side mention this on a previous episode, but right around the same time, whether I, w- I mean, I couldn't control it. It's just literally what happened for the first time in literally five years. I finally felt a hundred percent back mm-hmm. from b- my brain injury. And I think that in combination with, Having just come off this very, very long season of rest, mm-hmm. like there was part of me that felt like a little bit bored yep. and a little bit underutilized. Yep. And like, I was kind of, if I didn't do something now, like <laughs> if I needed we to, didn't put my energy to grow somewhere.
1: this business, we would have just started another one.
0: <laughs> exactly. It, literally, exactly. Like, if we hadn't come together and said, is this where we're putting our time and attention? something else would have taken off and if you pay attention to you would have seen the beginnings of that was already happening you would have seen there was lots of experimentation we are not hesitant to experiment no Emily and I are very open and honest with each other sometimes to a fault but like we we had to have this like season of experimenting we had this season of like trying things on for size and I think we both just looked at each other like there's something I can't recreate here and like starting over feels like way more work than Mm -hmm. I actually want to put in Mm -hmm. but like growing from the stage we're at right now interesting interesting (laughs) and so when we made that decision there was a lot that like happened simultaneously around this point including I remember talking to Emily about we had an incredible accountant loved her she was fantastic and we just both knew like as we continue to grow and things evolve and especially because there's multiple businesses at play Mm -hmm. and like revenue is coming from more than one place Our lives from a tax
1: perspective. We're We're going to get here. And I mean, we like to be fancy with our money. We we come from families that are in the finance world. And so I think we hear of a lot of things that other people do, other businesses do. And one of my favorite things, and this started with, I was, I, you know, would watch how, and I still do this today. I watch how other businesses like handle customer service or how other businesses market this thing or whatever who are in completely different industries than ours. And I just like, see, what do I like about what they're doing? What do I not like? Blah, blah, blah to like bring it to us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do the same thing with how people save money, make money, spend money, etc. I'm just a very nosy person. And so I want to know all the time, like how much money do you make? What do you do with it? Why do you do that? Like, I just like to learn things. And so mm-hmm. we were doing that. we were asking our friends and peers or people we know or whatever, we like, feel like what there's something missing here, there's like when you to something, something. Like, I feel like there's this like secret strategy that people are doing with their money that we need to know about. And turns out there's there's a thing called a tax strategist. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know that when we started this No. Journey. we were
0: just asking questions. We were like in a season of asking questions. Like there's got to be a better way. Like there's got to be other things we could explore. Spoiler alert, there is. There is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot you can explore, and you will have to decide what you actually want to pursue. Like, we're not going to get into it in this episode, but like, I got the craziest phone call I've probably ever gotten in my life 30 days ago. And I was like, I'm just going to have to table that idea because I can't even wrap my head around what you just proposed. Right. <laughs> especially knowing that I would have had to make that decision in 30 days. No. But anyway, all of that to say, we brought on a tax strategist. First of all, it was, I didn't know where to find this. Like, I didn't know what to even look for. I didn't know what they were called. Tax strategist is the thing.
1: My dad came in clutch with the referral. He did come in clutch. They're local, which is even better. Yeah, and, and especially go into their as office. we grow,
0: like that's important. And so that's something I just want to be mindful of is like, when you start your online business, you might be able to use resources outside of your state when it comes to finance, tax, benefits. But as you grow, having local connections that are familiar with the state laws mm-hmm. in which you live, mm-hmm. are, it's a really important. Yep. Want to learn exactly step-by-step step, how to get paid to generate leads in your business? after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot
1: com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. But this tax strategist works... With businesses, like not in our industry necessarily, but who are at our exact like level, who like are wanting to do more with their money, who are asking Mm -hmm. like, where do I put this? How can I make more over here? How can I save more the right way over here? And they help small businesses with their money strategy. Yeah. Well, tax money strategy, not tax money all strategy. money strategy. Right?
0: Not all money strategy. No, it's no, two very need, different things. You need you need multiple finance people in your life. If you want to, I could do a whole episode on the kind of finance people you need in your life. But For real. Tax strategist is just one of the people yep. that you will need in your, you don't need it. No, you it know, doesn't make sense
1: for everyone. We even were like, are we ready for this? Like yeah, basically. I, what, I think we were like, we are now. We are now. That's what I mean. Like we maybe weren't like financially ready, ready when we first hired them, but within six months we were ready because like you also have to have like a certain amount of like cash or revenue or th- th- the ability to do something with the strategies that they're suggesting.
0: Right. Anyway, it was a decision. It was mm-hmm. a It was an interesting one and I think that'll continue to evolve and I'm sure I'll have lots more opinions as we continue to investigate other ways to use our money.
1: Yeah. Okay. I would say this one is our biggest project that we probably... That took the most of our time for the year. And when I say our time, I mean Abby's time. When we we decided to bring marketing team back in house, mm-hmm. that meant... We needed to create some structure around processes, but also the department, right? And we brought Jared on, so what does that mean? Like, he's definitely super flexible in being the kind of grunt guy where it's like, oh, do this. Oh, can you also now do this? Can you do this? Which works for a while, like that That can kind of get you somewhere. But organization is always preferred. And especially after you hire after that, you need to be clear on like, how can your team utilize this person in their role? And like, how is it actually organized? And so what we had realized is that The project management system or the way that we were using a project management system when it was really just me and Abby and contractors, spoiler alert, it's drastically different when you're having more than just two people who can read each other's minds in your business every day. And creating SOPs and building out a whole new project management system was a massive project this year, but it has been chef's kiss crucial.
0: Yeah, and I I feel really proud of the progress mm-hmm. we've made and also so excited about what that means long-term for us. Initially, when I was focused on building out, I definitely spent the majority of my time initially on what does marketing look like? Yeah, What does marketing there. SOPs look like? Yeah. And then I went back and evaluated what were the reoccurring... Projects and sis, like what was happening all the time, mm-hmm. and how could we make sure that was documented? And then, as we hired new people, holes inevitably will be discovered, but it's an evolving thing. Yeah. And one of the changes that isn't even hasn't even happened yet, but I'm excited about it moving forward. And I think this is just an interesting takeaway that I don't think all of you will hit, but for us, I had always thought project management would always be a single person's role or task. And as we have grown and evolved, departments 100% will own their own project management. I will
1: be interested in seeing how this plays out though, because my gut tells me while I want every department to own their process, they still need a project manager. Like no, a- no,
0: I don't disagree. No, th- I think there's still a support.
1: Because like the, initial- person, the true issue is, is like, there are people on our team like me who know I need something and can know where the sticking points are, but I don't know how to cre- literally create it in the system. And your brain is like, "Bibbidi bop, Here we go. Here's a template. And so I think it's a lot to ask for every department for someone on every department to have that same skill set. Sure, but that every de- every person in their department or the head of that department needs to at least be able to verbalize what that process needs to be with their like ops liaison. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, I think there will always be like an ops person willing to come in and willing to help develop the process. But once there's a day-to-day process, I want the team managing Yes. the, the yes. process that is built. I don't necessarily think the key initial build out is meant for the person who's long-term running it. I think right. they have to like in the same way I sometimes have to download a vision and someone else has to like take the vision and run with it. Right. Simultaneously I need department heads to like talk about what they need and work with someone who understands systems in a really unique way and build that out. So, but it, it was a, it was, it literally took me 90 days. Yeah. It was like a full quarter of, this is broken. This doesn't exist. (laughs) I need a system for this. I need a template for this. We completely ignored this piece, like coming back to it. And I think we're finally at the point where if we add stuff, we will need to add Mm -hmm. stuff. But like the day-to-day operations have been translated for the most part. And there's definitely some, especially with like our new program, there's some, there's some new things happening that are still new enough that they haven't been fully translated over. But anything that was like reoccurring or marketing related, I feel like is totally up to speed now, which yeah. feels so good. Cause which we, was really do, great. Yeah. we do a lot of content guys, uh-huh. a lot. Also, I don't, I still don't quite understand how you and I ever produced five blog posts a week Wrote, edited, posted, took the photography, posted on social media.
1: What? I don't either. I don't. E- I truly don't either. Y'all, we w- we would alternate. I would write three blog posts one week, and she would write two. And the next week, she would write three, and I would write two. We would design our own graphics for some stupid reason. <laughs> do you remember when I would screen share with you on Google Hangouts? Like, does this graphic look okay? And you're like, scoot this font over here. I'm like, yeah, because I can't do this. <laughs> Canva didn't exist. It did not. It did not. We were in Photoshop. Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I was making wow. those those flat lays. Y'all know our flat lays. They're all over Pinterest. I started the flat lay trend, y'all. <laughs> our painted boards. That's wow. a whole wow. last company right now. People sell like flat lay backgrounds. I I screenshot it to Abby one time, last and company. I was like. We could have done this. (laughs) We invented this. (laughs) I know. For real, though. We really did. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like we kind of skimmed over this part. So I want to like dip back to it only because like it did have like a direct correlation to a result that we saw. So remember when we talked about how this was a year of growth and we decided to intentionally grow? Well, part of intentionally growing, we decided to intentionally invest in learning things that we didn't know and being a part of communities that were uplifting and inspiring. And for us, it's always been beneficial to just be in a room of other people who like have a similar goal or going through the same curriculum at the same time. It's motivating. It holds us accountable. Group Programs like that are been, we love them. So we have joined a couple this year, but we started to, we, we implement, we learn stuff and then we implement. And so we got some ideas from a few people who we'd been talking to and made some changes based on stuff we were learning about memberships and how to, you know, do surveys and like change your program to best suit the needs of your members, et cetera. So because of that, We decided to kind of give the creative template shop, now lovingly known as the co op, a little refresh, and we saw some pretty cool results because of that.
0: Yeah, if you look at membership revenue in 2021 compared to 2020, like keep in mind, like it's existed for 24 months, right? So, like, that's all that's been there, but. You know, I think consistently Emily and I would be like, "Oh, we can do more. We can do more." Like, "Is this isn't enough?" blah blah blah. I mean, that's how I felt half the like, time. Yeah. And then I looked at the actual numbers and we saw a 54% rise in membership revenue in one year. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah yeah part messaging change part a couple of new feature changes but i think one of the cru- the critical things that we decided because when you have a membership it's really easy to just con- consistently add value and then you don't realize how much time it takes to provide that value mm-hmm. but th- if the price doesn't change like you're like You're getting paid less technically Mm -hmm. because you're adding Mm -hmm. more. So Mm -hmm. we were really intentional about the value that we did decide to add. One piece we decided to own because it's our zone of genius. It's podcasting. So we have a private podcast that we release for the co-op members every single month. But we love doing that. It's really easy for us to do. But our team owns like uploading it and sharing it and getting it out into the world or to the members. But then the other elements that we added to the shop, like we don't we don't have to be the ones being the only person who can deliver that thing. It was very much like, I want to add the value, but we have a whole team here. Like let's all try to chip in and add some value. And I think it's going great. Yeah. We,
0: I do want to like put an asterisk because this is where I don't want to be like, see, I need to build a membership. And then like in year two, it's just going to take off. Let's
1: bring it. Let's humble them real quick.
0: So like, I also want you to know that it's very expensive to run, mm-hmm. like extremely expensive to run. And yep. while it did grow, there is a part of me that's like, at what cost? Like, right. so I want to be mindful that, like, even though we saw additional revenue, I would be curious. I re- I really would have to go back and pull this the spreadsheets, but like, did we actually earn more? income if you backed out all the expenses. And I don't know if we did. And I think that's where like on paper, it's like the sexy. Yes. Like we did right. the thing. right? But then like part of me is like, ugh, I felt frustrated a lot of the time with that product. And I, it's not going anywhere. Like we love supporting it and we will continue to do it. But I think what we both realized, which was unfortunate because it's like, it exploded out the gate. Mm-hmm. Right. And then continue to grow and it's still continuing to grow, but it continues to be more expensive to maintain it. And so like for it to be the primary product we rely on as a business to continue to grow and hire people. And like it is something we will support, but it's not something that I think is currently the primary profit driver. Ever.
1: Oh, no, no, no. But so, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> it is super interesting. Super interesting. And, you know, I get to celebrate. So I'm going to talk about all the good things. Not the exactly. Bad. So <laughs> you want to talk about deciding intentionally to work with less affiliates
1: yeah so you know we've we've played the affiliate game in our business for a long time we we talk about how we we like to find ways to like get systems and stuff that we use paid for or to get paid to use stuff in our business. That was kind of our bootstrappy way of year one through three where we would, you know, want to use a software, want to use something, and we would try to create an affiliate relationship to see what we could do with it. And that's kind of how it's fluctuated since then. We had a couple – we had a, quite a bit of bigger – partnerships than than just sharing a link on a blog post. Uh, For a while, we would do challenges or webinar series or like full launches for other people's product. And it was fun. Like we cared about those people and those those products. Like we use them and love them and could see how they could be beneficial. But it was also like, okay, man, we're starting our whole calendar year first planning for everyone else's promotion before we even talk about ours. And I think in the same kind of scheme of bringing marketing in-house, bringing stuff in-house when we can, we wanted to also bring revenue (laughs) back in-house, so to speak, and to have a little bit more control over what we were doing and when. And so we kind of like cut ties pretty quickly with a lot of affiliate relationships at the beginning of this year and really only continued to work with a very tiny portion of them. And because of that focus, I guess, we we saw a result in 3x of our affiliate income over last year.
0: Yeah. 3x, which... (sighs) to me is just mind-boggling but also there is and that I I say this because I also just like feel like I need to hear this Mm -hmm. but it makes me wonder it's like okay if we focused less on everyone else and we had this result for like a few companies like what would happen if we focus actually primarily on boss project and because Guys, I kid you not, for a couple of years, we, while not all of our income came from, if you looked at our promotion schedule, it was like 80 to 90% about other products and other relationships. And as As we've lessened those things, like things have come, back to us and it but it, i don't know i think being intentional with a select few has felt really good to
1: me. yeah and i what i was going to say is is i think we haven't fully fleshed out what 2022 looks like but i think it is going to be the year of boss project and what does that actually look like on the calendar and launches but one of the things that i'm also leaning into and it's kind of just what a concept kind of thing one of our coaches that we're working with is a very confident person. And I would also consider myself a very confident person. I have never, like, <laughs> bad or not, I have never really lacked confidence. <laughs> I'm overly confident maybe when I shouldn't be, but that's it's neither here nor there. But I, I like that about myself. And I thought I, like, in the room, I'm generally, like, the most confident person in the room until, like, I started hearing from one of our coaches. And just the way that she talks about, her curriculum and the way that she's showing up for clients. Like it is very much a like, I am changing lives. I am like, this is going to be epic. Like you're going to talk about this for years to come. Like the statements that she's saying, are they're true? And she's not like being facetious about it, but it is just like a fact of the matter that this, this shit is good. Right. And so I really started leaning into not only saying that to myself, but saying it to y'all. And I tried it first in an email (laughs) and it worked. (laughs) So I don't think it's like obviously just those statements in the email that worked. But I really, really leaned into the last series of emails that I wrote of just really hyping up how good we are at our job. And what we can do and are doing for clients. And I wasn't like, oh, yeah, maybe wouldn't it be cool if I was just like, this is going to change your life. We're pioneers in this discussion. We said this first and we do it best, period. (laughs) So that's happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I and I think a lot of this is leading into what she's kind of alluding to and that we felt for a long time like there was there was like a revision coming Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't say it was like a whole new discussion it wasn't a whole new thing but I think as a part us investing in ourselves and investing in learning we had this unique opportunity to refocus and what became really clear to me is our mission has literally never changed. We've just not always been great at articulating it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And our values have always been really clear, but we never really showcase them the way you and I lean into them personally. Yep. And the moment we let that light kind of shine and we were willing to be completely ourselves and let go of the, the you should, you could, you could, you, whatever, you know, all those things. And instead leaned into, no, this is what I believe. And Mm -hmm. this is true for us. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're showing up in this way. Mm -hmm. And this is how we can help things became very clear. And so we had fully intended to revise our signature program, but the more we like leaned into our values and our mission and like what we want to accomplish and how we're going to get there it became clear that we we needed a sunset so Mm -hmm. we sunset strategy academy because like we we were ready to birth this whole new thing yeah and the incubator you know it was quick like we went from all we like we knew it was coming for literally two years. And then in August we made a decision and by October we launched it and we've had clients in there like a little over 30 days, but in the time of us recording this and it, I can't even begin to explain the life-altering things that are happening inside that community.
1: There was the literal results that are already happening, and when when we are designing curriculum and making trainings for our clients for where they're at, like we were all, we were working on an outline last week, and it was halfway through. Abby was like, "This is so good, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah." We are so
0: smart. (laughs) But it's just been interesting because we haven't like developed new curriculum in a very long time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we. Which is also something we're really good at. Yeah. We leaned into what we're best at and where we want to shine and how we want to show up for people. And we have not shut up about it. So, like, Mm -hmm. you've likely heard about the incubator before, Mm -hmm. but like, we went out this, we went out and put it out into the world with the intention that we don't just want to help people become financially secure. We want to help them thrive financially Mm -hmm. and be fulfilled soulfully and build a business with their life first. And with that intention, like we created this incredible, like, Mm incredible training. Mm-hmm. That's all about doubling your income while working less than 20 hours a week. And uh, literally just from the training, we've had, we've had potential clients walk away three X their price and land three clients in less than seven days. So like mm-hmm. the training is literally all in and of itself, life altering. But like once people get inside the changes that we're seeing are just absolutely astounding. We've had a, a client land 22,000 in in new revenue in under 30 days with another 18,000 in her pipeline. And like that is just one example. We had we had someone come in who she was so this is I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> she came in with a completely different bit like she applied with a completely different business. She got approved and she had a business partner that didn't want, that wasn't ready financially Mm -hmm. to pursue this. But she was so passionate about working with us. She said yes. She built a new business from scratch and landed her first client in a business that didn't exist prior to working with us in less than two weeks. Uh Mm -hmm. Because that's how we do it. You know, one of our clients, she 10 X her revenue over the last year working with us really intentionally. And to me, she was kind of a case study for this product that we ultimately launched. And I'm just, I can't wait to see what happens when these people have more time. Yes. <laughs> when they, Cause it, it's, we're just at the beginning. We're yep. just at the forefront. And so if you're interested in seeing what that training is, what that program's about, how you can work with us on a level like you've never experienced, you can go to bossproject.com slash incubator. I would love to have a conversation with you. And you can send us a DM over at Boss Project. I'd love to talk about it if it makes sense for you. But in this season, I, I do want to say a couple things that happened as a result of launching.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the results of that big bananas thing. We, we, uh, so what's MRR, first of all, for the people?
0: Yeah. So monthly reoccurring revenue. Thank so you. So it's the, the amount that is basically guaranteed
1: to come back in mm-hmm. on a regular reoccurring mm-hmm. basis. So our MRR, your monthly recurring revenue, ours, we doubled that in five days. With one launch. With one launch of this new product that's already changing lives and i don't know why you're not inside yet. That's <laughs> true. <laughs>
0: it's really true. It's crazy. And i can't wait because it's really setting us up to scale in 2022. And the irony if i if i'm just going to like point my own irony out <laughs> is our primary the primary people we work with are one-on-one service providers. They're mm-hmm. creative people Doing creative things, but they, I mean, they come from all sorts of industries. They have all sorts of different niche expertise. Like the gamut is long and large. But instead of, you know, continuing to do business the way we're doing business, we're like, man, what would it look like to do business the way we teach our students to do business? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, is so obvious. Like, walk the walk, right?
1: Mm hmm. And, and guess so like, what? The the results happened, but also we were happier. hmm Yeah. Because we
0: strategically decided the people who come into the incubator, they are people we consider our clients. Yeah. We we have a responsibility to them, we have deliverables for them, we have we have things that are going to happen as part of that program. And we haven't taken clients in four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like making this strategic shift from students back to clients, and it's different. It's not like in their traditional sense necessarily. It's it's, it's, a, in, it's a product, it's a program delivered
1: as a service. Like don't yeah. don't get us wrong. But ultimately, I mean, do you remember it was not that long ago. I this was probably happening in 2018, which was like the year of like shit for us. We were having a conversation and you know, you're you're my numbers, gal. And so we were mm-hmm. like, okay, if these are this is where we want to go, this is how much money we want to make, these are the goals we have. Okay, in order to reach that, we need to, and I'm just gonna make something out because I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm not being hyperbolic when I say these examples of numbers. It was something like, Okay, we need to add like 12,000 new people to our email list a month.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I mean, I think that was really close to what I probably told you at that point.
1: And for a year, we were like, okay, let's make that happen. Captain, let's make, let's do it. And that it was, was exhausting. so exhausting. And guess what? We never did it.
0: <laughs> no, we never hit that. Mm-mm. We didn't. And is it really that shocking? Like, the rising cost of advertising and literally organic reach on social is in the toilet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've paid attention to, I know people blame the algorithm changes, but here's what's actually happening. If you really boil it down and you don't want to hear this, but this is the truth. With the birth of the internet, businesses were willing to explore anything. And they explored investing in small business initially. <laughs> and then- they always start with us first. Then they realize that's not where their money lied. And they could make more by working with larger businesses. And most of... If if you do not pay for the social platform you are on, you are the product. Yep. And as more people were willing, i.e. bigger businesses were willing to spend more dollars, the dollar of the small business owner became less relevant. And... Why would they give you free advertising by giving you free organic social reach when they can charge businesses a lot of money to Mm -hmm. get that reach? Mm -hmm. And so we were, I'm not going to deny the fact that the fact that we started our business six years ago, we, we did benefit from a lot of free organic reach in the beginning of our business. And so, but it, we're not, it's not the same landscape today. Nope. And so... If you can't, I mean, not to say there's not ways to like go viral, but like going viral is not the same as it was six years, like six years ago, going viral could have meant you added tens of thousands of people to your social platforms, thousands of people on your email list and tens of thousands in sales. And now going viral might mean one TikTok that hits a couple million, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're
1: gonna make a dollar off of it. That could it could lead to nothing.
0: And so if that's the case, then we're gonna rest on our laurels and we're gonna we're gonna do business simply and we're gonna do things that we know work for us. And we know we we know we deliver high value. We know we can work with clients. And so Intentionally choosing to work with less people to create a bigger impact for them and Mm -hmm. also teach them the fundamentals that we have found work best long term against the odds of everything going on in the social
1: landscape. I'm just saying. And one of my favorite, like icebreaker questions for my business owner friends is to ask them something like, if you were to start a business, a brand new business today, like your business is gone. You had to start a new one today with everything that you know and learned, what kind of business would it be? And what marketing tactics would you use? And what would you do? And Abby and I have this conversation a lot where it's like, well, it would not be how we grew our business the first five years.
0: No. At all. It wouldn't work. Nope. It literally wouldn't work. I couldn't start the same business today if I tried.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Actually, I did try, but in a different way. Anyway, <laughs> let start for another day. <laughs> it's just not no. – you're not going to get the same result. You're just not.
1: No. So, that's okay. Because – With big growth comes big restructuring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you like that segue? So, <laughs> yeah. You know, working with less people is
0: – great. But also if we're going to choose to up the game of what that means, like up the value, up the deliverables, up the time we're spending with people, then we need support. Mm -hmm. Like, And, you know, Emily and I could do it ourselves. Like we built, we built really far with just the two of us. Mm -hmm. And we could have made a very clear, like, this is our capacity. This is only what we can do. Mm -hmm. And we could have lived in that world. But I think Emily and I are interested in what it looks like to, to build this out and to continue to grow. And our clients are getting
1: excellent support. Yes, they are.
0: And so I'm excited about what it looks like to add people to our business that have very specific skill sets because Emily and I, while we're two very smart people, we don't have all the background in all the areas. You know,
1: right? No, we don't know everything. We and we don't know
0: all the things.
1: <laughs> no, and we, you know, we've talked in other episodes the difference kind of between having contractors to employees. But yeah, we, we went from just two employees, aka me and Abby, <laughs> to seven. By the end of the year, very quickly, it all happened in the last like quarter plus like a month.
0: Yeah, I'm the only one that happened prior to that. Well, technically not, because like technically not, Jared joined, but as a contractor, and mm-hmm. so like literally everyone was hired between what September? September and the end of the year. Uh-huh. Yep. So four months. Yep. Yep. And so we we completely restructured and it was a little crazy to make the changes that we did. We worked with an HR consultant to help us identify what our changes could look like, how we could go about this, what it would entail. And I'm excited because I know it's setting us up for amazing results going in to next year. And I'm excited about continuing to grow it. And we'll talk about in an upcoming episode, what do our plans really look like for 2022? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have a lot more to say. Mm-hmm. But I think ending on this last point <laughs> is just, it's just really, it's really important because I want you guys to see how all in we are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I want you to know how important your success is to us. And our families,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, we brought Jared on in a time where we didn't even really know what his role would look like. We just needed help,
1: mm-hmm. and it and, could have even been temporary. Like we didn't really uh, yeah. have any idea. No, there was n- no, there
0: was no like set. Oh, mm-hmm. this is what we need, and this is what your role is going to look like, and this mm-hmm. is how it's going to develop. And five, six months later, he's building out a whole department with Emily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And marketing is just a totally different beast than it was when we outsourced it. Let alone tried to do it ourselves. LOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now, you know, Emily just came to me recently, and it, I don't. I don't want you to think that this hasn't been a discussion for a long. It's time. It's been a I discussion
1: know. for six years. <laughs> Let's be real.
0: Yeah, like I think there was always a point in which we thought, you know. I remember years ago, especially even on the podcasting, my goal is to have my spouse home full time. And I used to say like, I wanted to retire him. And like, I gave him space and he like experimented with some things and tried some things. And I worked with him in another business and all of the things, but him coming into boss project was a huge step. But I I always felt like Brian, Emily's partner he was more like unsure about the step and the Mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. And so I was all, I, from my perspective, I was just never sure if it was going to happen.
1: Same. But you came to me. (laughs) Some events transpired. Some conversations were had.
0: (laughs) What if this happened? Like not, you know, three, six, nine months from now. Like what, what if this happened really quickly?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And then we rolled right into a meeting with our HR team where we were talking about our org chart. And we didn't even bring up Brian, but talked more about roles that would be necessary tasks that needed to be taken off of your plate, my plate, this person's plate, et cetera. And it was literally, for me, one of those experiences like watching this Zoom screen share. And it was like morphing into a very clear need that would, when taken off your plate, we know would help us grow immensely. Mm -hmm. And it was like all of the perfect things that I had been talking to Brian about him taking over. And so I texted him in that call and was like, so this has been a joke for a while, but, but are you actually ready to quit? Because I have a whole, I have a whole job for you.
0: So I, I'm just saying, but when, when all your cards are on the table, when every like, when this is the primary source of income for mm-hmm. two families mm-hmm. supporting every aspect of our life and lifestyle, and, you best and boys, boys. <laughs> and when yeah, not just us, and everyone else. Like we're talking mm-hmm. about six humans on top of two families. Mm-hmm. I just know there's going to be a lot that happens because yeah. of that. Yeah, and it's, it's scary. It's exciting. It's, I have so many feelings. My head has absolutely not caught up to reality at Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. The back half of this year couldn't explain it. I mean, I tried to explain, I literally tried to explain it for an hour and two minutes, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it would be hard for you to truly understand all the nuances and how quickly things evolved and how quickly, like, it was like, okay, this is our reality today. Oh, this is our new reality because this happened and this is our new reality because this happened. And like, what if we move this over here? And what if we try this and like trying to keep our team up to speed, let alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all has been interesting, but I'm, I'm really happy. And maybe, Maybe I'm a little. Maybe I've been setting up for this because 22 is my favorite number, and so like in my head, the year do you want 2022. Me to Taylor Swift again. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Feeling 22. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I just, I just feel like it's my year, man. I'm like, not that this wasn't though. Like <laughs> 2021 was pretty really freaking great, but I'm definitely. I think I'm a forward thinker. And so going back and reflecting like this is hard, not because I don't want to or not because I don't want to celebrate, but because I'm – as soon as it happened, I've already moved on. And so I'm excited though.
1: Yeah, me too. I I cannot wait to fill you guys in on our plans for next year. And I truly, truly hope to be a part of it for you and your business. So please don't hesitate. BossProject.com slash incubator say hello on Instagram at boss project. Let's let's chat it out and make magic happen next year. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop
0: membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at Creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creative shop C O O P dot com.